thank you for joining us on this Memorial Day weekend. Again, we want to thank all of you who have served, are serving, families of those who have served our country. We so appreciate your sacrifice and your investment so that we could be here today and, uh, and we can worship freely. Thank you so much for your service. I want to remind you also that our online service times will be changing June 6th and seven. June 6 and 7, our online times will be offered at 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock on Saturday, and then on Sunday, 9, 11, and 1. Saturday, 3, 5, 7, Sunday, 9, 11, and 1. We may be meeting physically then, we just don't know, but we'll keep you informed on that. But right now, just mark down those times for the changes beginning on our online service June 6 and 7. So um, it was a Friday night, and uh, Lori and I were asleep. Uh, it was after midnight, and I heard kind of Lori whisper to me in a loud whisper, someone is in the house. It didn't quite register to me, so I kept on sleeping. And this time, Lori is shaking me, and now in a louder, tense whisper, someone is in the house. Now, that got my attention. And sure enough, when I woke up and got my senses about me, I heard someone in the house, and just fear overtook me. I remember they were in the house, and they were coming toward our bedroom, and I remember standing up and just absorbed with fear and walking to them, and the only thing I could do was just react, and I got in front of them, and I just remember screaming as deeply and loudly as I could. And right about three-fourths the way through my scream, I saw the face, and it was Mackenzie, our daughter. And she said, Dad, what are you doing? Well, I finished my scream. And then I said, what are you doing? You scared us to death. I remember giving her a little hug and then walking over, stumbling over to our couch, and laying down on the couch and just recovering. The, the moment of fear didn't last for only about three minutes from the time Laura woke me up to the time I stumbled to the couch, but I was, I was drained physically. That's what fear does to us physically, right? It drains us. A little shot of adrenaline, and then it drains us, but spiritually, man, it wears us out. Today, we want to talk about fear. And we want to talk about how we can take our fear and turn it to trust. Take our fear and turn it to trust and anchor it in Jesus, who is the anchor of our soul. Father, we pray that you would help us to do that. Teach us as only you can do. Open our eyes to see the insight from your scripture that you have for us. And we pray, Father, that you would, that you would bless our time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I think you would agree with me that uh, fear is sweeping our country. That coronavirus has, has just made us afraid. And so uh, we're afraid of getting sick. Now we wear masks wherever we go. We're afraid of losing our job, or we're afraid that another job's not coming. We're, we're afraid that if a loved one goes to the hospital, we may not be able to be there with them. And so we live with fear. 
Now, your fear today may not be COVID-related at all. You may be fearful of a, a child that's kind of away from the Lord. You may be fearful of a health issue, waiting for some tests to come back. You, you may be fearful you've been waiting for a relationship to come and end not coming. And you're fearful, how long, oh Lord, are you going you to keep me from this relationship that I want? Fear comes in a variety of ways. Now, I just want to tell you, to be fearful is to be human. When you look at the Bible, there are story after story after stories of people who are afraid. In fact, in Scripture, the word fear, we find it 443 times. The word afraid, 167 times. And tremble, 101 times. And those are just a few words that describe fear. Now, to be clear, when you read word fear in scripture. Sometimes it says the fear of God or fear God. That's a positive fear. That's a good fear. That doesn't mean a trembling fear of God. That means an awe of God, a reverence for God, a worship for God. He is our heavenly father and we are his children. We love him. We fear him. We adore him. We, we honor him. We live in awe of him. That fear of God drives us to God. But there are other fear that drives us away from God. And we see that in example after example in Scripture. Let me just give you a few examples of what fear does to us. It makes us act out of character. So in Genesis 1 and 2, you have Adam and Eve, right? And Adam and Eve is there in the garden. They sin against God. And the first emotion in Scripture we see is fear. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, and he said, this is, Adam, remember he has sinned. Now Adam and Eve realize they are naked. They, they, their sin exposes them. For the first time they realize they're naked. They cover themselves and they go hide from God. And he said, I heard the sound of you, God, in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. That's one of the first things we see sin makes us do. It makes us hide from God. Our fear makes us hide from God. Have you ever hid from God or others because of fear? Here's another example. Um, Genesis chapter 20, Abraham and Sarah. She's a beautiful woman, Scripture says, and Abraham knows she's a beautiful woman. They go to a new country, a different country, and Abraham is afraid that the king of the country is going to kill him so he can have this beautiful Sarah. And so Abraham says, oh, she's not my wife. She's my sister. Now we're talking about Abraham, the patriarch, right? He was afraid and it caused him to lie. It caused him to lie. You ever, you ever lied <laughs> because of fear? How about Moses, Exodus chapter 2? Moses is, uh, he's now around 40 years old and he realizes that he's a Hebrew and he goes out and he sees an Egyptian uh, hurting, uh, he beating a Hebrew. And so he kills the Egyptian and he gets found out. He gets found out. And so it says, Moses was afraid and he ran for his life. That's what fear causes us to do, doesn't it? It causes us to run, often running from God. Moses goes to a place far from God and he sits on the sidelines for the next 40 years, four decades, because of fear, he ran from God. 
one more story. I love this story. It's in uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 21. It's about David, this man after God's own heart. And we're talking about David, a man after God's own heart. And here is David. He is on the run from Saul. He is fearful that Saul is, is going to catch him and, and kill him. And so he says, let me just, I'm just get away a little bit. I got to take a break. I'm going to get away to the land of the Philistines. And so he goes to this place called Gath in Philistine territory. And Achish is the king there. And as soon as David shows up, everyone says, my goodness, that's David. David's the one who killed Goliath. David is the mighty warrior. That's David. What's he doing here? And listen to this. David said, took the words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. And look what he did. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gates and let his spittle run down on his beard. David was so afraid he pretended to be someone he wasn't. You ever do that? Because of your fear, you pretend to be who you're not. Maybe because of fear of what people may say, you pretend not to walk with God. Fear causes us to pretend. Here, David's acting like a madman. When we started this series, we said the one thing we want to do is not just talk about the, the, the things that keep us from being anchored in Jesus. We want to look at some how-to scripture. How can we be anchored in Jesus? So I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to a, a fascinating story in Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to learn some princi five principles in Matthew 14 about how we can be anchored in Jesus, how we can take our fear and turn it into trust. Allow us to be anchored in trust. All right, Matthew chapter 14. Let me set the context Jesus has just learned that John the Baptist has been killed. Herod beheaded John the Baptist. And we see the human side of Jesus, fully God, fully human. And it says Jesus just needed to get away. He needed to get away to an isolated place and just, and just be with the Father. Jesus goes to this isolated area, it's by a mountain, and the crowds followed him. They always did, right? It says that 5,000 men plus women and children. So we're talking probably about 10,000 people are with Jesus. And another uh, gospel writer says he, he ministered to them from morning to evening. Now it's evening and I don't have any food except this little boy's lunch, this young boy's lunch. And Jesus takes that lunch and he feeds 5,000 people. Now these people say he's the Messiah. He's the one we want. And they, they, they want to take him and make him king by force. Jesus knows his time isn't ready. He knows he came to die for our sins on a cross, not to be the Messiah like the Jewish people thought he should be. And so he took his disciples and it says he made them get in a boat and he told them to sail to the other side. And he went up to a mountain to pray. Just think about it. Jesus needed to get alone with the Father. Now it's about uh, it's somewhere between three and six in the morning. The disciples are in the boat. They are a long way from the shore. The winds are strong, and it says the waves are beating against the boat. 
And the disciples look up and they see Jesus walking on the water to the boat. Now, that's not something you see every day, is it? Jesus is walking on the water towards the boat. And it says that they started to scream and they said, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. And it says in scripture that the disciples in the boat, they were terrified. Now, Jesus didn't mean to scare them any more than Mackenzie meant to scare us when she surprised us and came home that weekend from college. But she did and he did. Here's what Jesus yells to them through the storm. Immediately, when he saw they were afraid, I love that word immediately, right when he saw they were afraid, he spoke to them saying, take heart, <clears throat> take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. Take courage, I'm here. It is I, do not be afraid. It's an amazing thing we always see with Jesus, isn't it? When he's there, we don't have to be afraid. When Jesus is there, there's no need to fear. Now, here's the cool part of the story. Peter's in the boat, and he said, walking on the water, that is way too cool. I want to do that as well. And Peter's interaction with Jesus in the next few verses give us five principles of turning fear into trust. Let's work through these. First of all, Peter says, before I get out of this boat, I got to know something. I got to know this. In verse 28, Peter answered him. When Jesus said, take heart, don't be afraid, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you. Now, let's just stop there. If it is you. First principle we see here in anchoring in trust is this. Anchoring in trust is always anchoring in the person of Jesus. When you trust anything but Jesus, you're going to end up fearful. When you trust in your job, it can go away. When you trust in a relationship, it can end. When you, when you trust in the government, you're going to be disappointed. Anything you trust in besides Jesus is going to leave you fearful. Timothy Keller says an, an idol, any idol, is something we trust in to do for us what only Jesus can do. And when we trust in an idol, when we're not focused and locked onto the person of Jesus, we're going to be fearful. There's a guy that came to our church many years ago. <clears throat> His name was Mel. And Mel was this amazing guy. He, <clears throat> he, uh, he uh, wrote this discipleship uh, material. It was amazing material. And, and Mel memorized scripture and, and Mel knew scripture backwards and forwards. And I was so, I spent this, a day with Mel and I was so impressed by this. He was a godly man. Laura and I went to dinner that night with him and his wife. And during dinner, I learned that Mel was afraid. Mel flew around the world. He traveled around the world to different countries. Mel was afraid of flying in an airplane. And so his wife said, every time we get on a plane, Mel takes out this book with the promises of God 
different passages, the promises of God. And he reads those over and over to turn his fear into what? Trust. You see, the first thing we have to do, if we have to, when we're fearful, we have to anchor ourselves in the person of God. And that's what Peter says, Lord, if it is you, I got to start there. If it's not you, I am not getting out of this boat. But if it's you, then I'm taking the next step. And here's the next step. Look at verse 28. Lord, if it's you, command me. I love that. Command me. <laughs> command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Now, why would Peter say it like that? Isn't that curious? Command me. Well, here's the second thing we learn. Anchoring in trust is anchoring in the commands of Jesus. It's anchoring in the instruction of Jesus. You see, that's what caused fear with Adam and Eve. They didn't follow the instruction of the Lord. That's what caused fear with Moses. He didn't wait on God's timing. That's what causes fear in our life when we don't listen to what God is telling us. When he tells us, no, stay put or come, we need to listen to his commands. And the only way we can do that is to be in his word. The only way we can do that is to spend time in his word. We've been, we've been reading through the, the Bible this year as a church, and we encourage you to do that. If you're not reading with us, or more at biblechapel.org, email me. You can dive right in. We're in the book of Job right now. Talk about it. A tough time in Job, right in the middle of Job. You know what he says? I'm going through suffering like no one else has gone through, but I know my Redeemer lives. <laughs> and at the end, it will stand on the earth. I know my Redeemer lives. You see, if you want to make certain your fear is turned to trust, then you got to anchor in the instruction of Jesus. So get in God's word, read God's word, listen to what Jesus tells us. He's the one who, who tells us that I'm with you, don't be afraid. He's the one who tells us I will never leave you or forsake you. He's the one who tells us this is the way to go. This is the, you've gotten off track. This is the way to get back on track. Here, here's, here's how I can train you in righteousness. Listen to the instruction of Jesus. Anchoring in trust. If you have fear, turning it into trust. We've got to anchor it in the instruction of Jesus. So Peter knew it was Jesus. He heard Jesus' command, come. Now he gets ready to walk on water. And this is pretty cool. Look at verse 14, verse 29. So Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came to Jesus. Now just think about that. Peter, the other disciples were hanging in the boat. But Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water to Jesus. We don't know how far Jesus was away, but Peter walked on the water to Jesus. He was out on the sea. He was doing something no man other than Jesus had ever done before. He was walking on the water. Why? Because while the other disciples were fearful in the boat, he said, Lord, if it's you, I'm coming. If you tell me to come, I'm coming. And I'm willing to get out of the boat. So um, 
Are you willing to get out of the boat? Are you willing to stretch yourself spiritually? This is a time when it's been a challenging time for all of us, hasn't it? But this is a time when we want to come back stronger. We, we want to say, God, what are you teaching me through this? Man, I know I'm vulnerable. I know I don't have everything in, under control. I, I know that you are sovereign overall, and I want to come back stronger. I, I want to come back as a person who is willing to get out of the boat. I don't want to live in fear. What are you calling me to do? What is Jesus calling you to do? It may be he's, he's asking you to do one thing, walk across the street and share the gospel with, with, with your neighbor, and you can get out of the boat and go do that. It may be when you go back to work, stop working remotely, and you go back to work, you're going to be the person who appropriately says, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of that. Maybe that's getting out of the boat. Maybe God has laid on your heart for many years to, to go on a mission trip and, and, and take the message of Christ to another place, but you've kind of been afraid of doing that. And Jesus is saying, get out of the boat. Stretch yourself. You will never get over your fear unless you confront your fear with what? Trust. But you can't do it if you just stay in the boat. I, 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 I don't have any scripture support for this, but I believe, the, I believe the disciples like dogged each other all the time when they were walking on earth. Don't you think there's some great conversations going on? And, and when the disciples, I, I just imagine, no scripture support for this, but I just imagine when the disciples were dogging Peter about something, he just said, hey, you ever walked on water? <laughs> you remember? You remember you were crying like babies in the boat while I was walking on the water. If you want to turn fear into trust, then you got to get out of the boat. Number four, anchoring in trust is secured by spiritual focus. Anchoring in trust is secured by spiritual focus. Look at verse 30. So here's Peter. He is out of the boat. He is walking on the water. He is an arm's length from Jesus an arm's length from Jesus. His eyes have been locked with Jesus all the time, arm's length away. Look at verse 30. But when he saw the wind, or another translation says, when he was out on the sea and felt the strong wind, what happened? He was afraid. He was afraid and began to sink. Let's stop there and think about that. Peter was an arm's length from Jesus. And he looked around at the circumstances and he became afraid. An arm's length from Jesus. And he became afraid. When we anchor in trust, we have to keep our spiritual focus. And there are going to be a lot of distractions. Even when we're an arm's length away from Jesus, we can start saying, whoa, this wind's picking up. Man, this virus is spreading. What's my job going to do? What's my health going to do? What's my family going to do? We can allow a lot of things to cause us fear, even an arm's length away from Jesus. So I love what David says in the, in the Psalms. He says this. Check this out. Think about, think about this as a focus verse. One thing, one thing. Not a lot of things, not a lot of distractions, Lord, but one thing 
have I asked from the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. One thing, I'm going to seek after God. I want to I want I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And I love this last phrase, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. As long as Peter was gazing on the beauty of the Lord, as long as his eyes were locked on Jesus, he was fine. But when he looked around him and all the stuff, that's when he started, that's when he started to sink. How do you keep your eyes locked on Jesus? Well, remember Mel, who was afraid of flying? When he got on the plane, he started reading the promises of God. Get in God's word. Read who God is, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, that he'll never leave you, that he'll never forsake you. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Anchoring in trust is secured by spiritual focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Gaze on the beauty of Jesus. That's one thing I ask to gaze upon the beauty of Jesus. Last one. Anchoring. Anchoring in trust reaches up. In verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out the shortest prayer in scripture, three words, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Anchoring in trust reaches up. And the remainder of that passage is so cool because here's what happened. Jesus, as Peter is reaching up, he's going under the water. He's sinking. He's reaching up, arm's length from Jesus, and Jesus takes his arm and pulls him back up on the water. Jesus takes him to the boat. The sea calms, and the disciples say, this is truly the Son of God. And they worshiped him. This is the Son of God. And they worshiped him. You know what's cool about this story? When Peter got out of the boat, he caused other people to worship. When he stretched his faith, when he got over his fear and turned it into trust, he caused others to worship. But he also got back in the boat with Jesus holding him up. So I don't know what fears you, got go you have going on in your life. You know, when we've done the Wednesday evening prayer, so many of them have been COVID-related, but then many haven't. We just have stuff going on in our life. And we can live in fear. And our fear wears us out spiritually. It causes us to causes us to hide. It causes us to lie. It causes us to run. It causes us to pretend. But when we anchor in Jesus, when we reach out to him, he holds us with his right hand. Wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and I'm going to ask you just to reach out. 
And just, just picture yourself there on the sea with Jesus. He's standing right there with you. He never leaves you, he never forsakes you. He lives within us. And in this picture of your mind, here he is standing just an arm's length away. And just uh, tell him your fears. Lord, I am sinking. Save me. This fear is overwhelming me. This fear is wearing me out physically and spiritually. This fear of the past that I haven't been able to drop, this fear in the present that dogs me every day, this fear of the future that I'm afraid is going to happen tomorrow. Lord, I'm going to give it to you. Just name the fear right now. Name the fear. God, I give you this fear. Lord, rescue me from this fear. Name that fear. And while you're reaching out to the Lord, I'm going to read you two passages from Isaiah. Listen to this. Isaiah says, God, God is saying through the prophet, God is speaking to you right now. Your hands are raised. God is speaking to you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There he is reaching down and holding you with his righteous right hand as you reach up. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. And what a promise is that? I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, God says to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. Fear not, I'm your God. I'm the one who helps you. So Father, with our hands raised to you, as, as Peter was sinking and raised his hands to you, we just, uh, we cry out to you, Lord, save us. You are our God. You are right there with us. And Lord, we are seeing you right now. We are knowing that you are reaching down and holding us up with your righteous right hand. Here are our fears. Here are our concerns. Here's what's causing our heart to tremble. Lord, we give it to you. Anchor us by your righteous right hand. And Lord, turn our fear into trust. In Jesus' name, amen.